I've seen it in the snow, and it's a tundra biome. I assume but, it's like this all the time. So, so I, I, what you're telling me is that you spawned in. Yeah. There were and very few sheep. Yeah. There were very few sheep, but there were some sheep. Yeah. And then you heard. Oh, you got to. Yeah, you got to grab your sheep. You heard. Boom! Boom! Dum! 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 Ding! Ding! And then you walked out, and you were like. And eventually yeah. you got to water, and then it was ice, and you were like, "Well, of course." But it's did, did you find any any wood to, wood to punch? Yeah, all over the place. There's trees in the neighborhood, which is nice. So plenty of trees to punch. <laughs> and trees then, in our own backyard, which is really cool. I was like, kind of just taking it all in this morning. Yeah. That's the one thing on yeah. Minecraft that I feel like they really failed to do. And I'm not just I'm not trying to pick on Minecraft. But even Super Mario 64 knows that if the water's cold enough, it'll hurt your health bar. Okay? Yeah. Because of those true. certain snow levels. But in Minecraft, it's like, oh, I'm going out. It's frozen. Let me just break through the ice. Oh, I'm swimming down. I'll just I'm take, totally my, uh, fine. take my trident. No problem. <laughs> totally fine. No hypothermia. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of course, you know, if you're if you're drowning and you need to recover quickly from that, just eat. That's true. Yeah. Well, in Mario, in contrast, all you have to do is come up to the top of the water. Yeah. Um, and then instantly you're fine. Of course, there's all those games where you're uh, just beating people up on the sidewalk. And once your health gets pretty low, just eat a chicken dinner and you're good to go. Whoa. <laughs> just a full on chicken dinner right yep. there. One bite. No, r- 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 right, on, right underneath the air, the oil barrels. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Smash an oil barrel. There'll be a uh, glazed turkey and you can just down it in one bite. Yeah. And Colin, please <laughs> run away from the light. Don't don't leave us, <laughs> please. I just let me die. No, I'm gonna save this man here. Just throw like five chickens at him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hold on, the bones are mending. <laughs> you know what? I feel right as rain, guys. Let's go. <laughs> no, but uh, let's but, keep on trekking. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, without further ado, you guys ready to start? Oh yeah. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. Or should we say the Trailer Plants Podcast? Yeah. Well, we never called it the Apartment Cast Plants. Pa- apartment Plants Podcast. Apartment Plants? That's tough Ooh. to say for some reason. PPP. Apart- apartment Plants. Yeah. Okay. And we're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And That's right. so much more. Absolutely. First thing I want to do is this I'm going to move away from the mic. Mm hmm. Hey, we're in an echoey room. <laughs> it's slightly echo, echoey-er. No, it's going to yeah. be good. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to tweak it, and I'm going to cut it all out. I'm going to say noise floor. I'm going to say no reverb. Cut it all out. Ooh, nice. So then you're going <laughs> to hear our voices like this. You're going to hear like, yeah, Zach. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, you know, this is crazy for me because I lived in this room for like two months ah, one time. Can we, oh, yeah. Before we even oh, do yeah. the worship song, can we please tell the story about the big bell? The Yes, please. Okay, I will start. You take over. Okay. Zach's living in this room that we are currently in. It's our guest room in our trailer. Um, at the time, he had put uh, his, both his bed and his couch, the um, uh, futon. The futon. That folded out, and he. Mm. So while that was like all I owned, everything I owned fit in a Chevy Cavalier at that point. So and so, thank you, Jessica, for being such a good sport and uh, allowing me to hang out with Zach, stay up late. We did a lot of good videos during this time as well. But one night, I was like, "Hey, do you want to play N64's 
WrestleMania no, 2000? Right. And he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, of okay, of course you have to go to the, turn that down. the three-hour arduous <laughs> process yeah. of making a character. Because that's really all that game is good for, is yeah. making make, characters. Once you make the character, you fight one time, you say, okay, well, whatever. This was fun, but <laughs> the moves have lost their uh, fervor for me after I slammed them once, and I was like, oh, this is old school. So we made all our friends. We made Martin and Bob. And Bob. And I think we made Jessica. I don't... Yeah, you can make girls in that game. And so uh, here's the here's the big bell joke, which is, to this day, an inside joke that Zach and I continue to say, <laughs> and that is... Um, it's it's fairly late. I think it was the weekend. I don't know if I would I would feel good about keeping Zach up on a, like a school night at EKU or so or like a work day. So I think we it must have been like Friday night. We were like working at the shoe store at the time something. or something. And yeah. so uh, there is an object in the game that is a bell that you can use to hit people with and knock right. them out and stuff. Which I don't know if that is why he said this or not. <laughs> I don't. Know. I have no idea. But we were, he was currently in the middle of his creating creation of his character. You were doing, you were, you had the controller. You told me to do it. You were doing it and you, you were asking me stuff. You said, yeah. you said, here, take the controller. I'll just mm-hmm. tell you what, tell you if I like it or not. And I said, that's fine. Um, and so I was going through it. I was I could, drifting off. I could tell Zach was yeah. falling asleep. And I believe, I think at one point you did not offer a second and drop the controller. So I took it from you. Anyway, long story short, I said, Zach, Zach, what do you want to do? What what do you want to do for this like slam move? And after about three seconds of not saying anything, (laughs) he wakes up and he says, just you should just use the big bell. (laughs) (laughs) I said, what? (laughs) And to this day, it's still an inside joke. Zach will say, why don't you just use the big bell? Just use the big bell, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, okay, um, real quick, Zach, uh, what worship song are we doing? We're doing uh, Holy Spirit Fill Us. Yeah, so this is a song that I wrote about the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was the third out of a few class songs that I had to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you've always held the belief that there's not that there's not enough hymns out there. There's not enough songs out there about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. I think I mentioned this last time. Um and yes, yeah, so I wanted to fill out a little bit of uh, like what the Holy Spirit does and, you know, how he works in salvation and um, what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's what the song is about. And one might mishear you and think you said Holy Spirit philius, which is technically a <laughs> Greek word for fondness that's right. for love. Yeah. So, philius. So there you go. Okay. Uh, without uh, another, without further ado. Here is Holy Spirit Phyllis.
Daddy, we thank you so much for this chance to gather together as as a, as, as your men, um, seeking your will. Um, we ask that you that your Holy Spirit will fill us during this time. Let these words uh, that we say, uh, that this conversation we have, let them be uplifting to you. Let them further your kingdom. Help us to to build one another up. We praise you for all the ways in which you continue to bless us. In your son's name, we pray. Amen. 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 So, um. It's funny because there's that uh, joyful, joyful old hymn. And the last part of that stanza, I think, in the first verse is uh, fill us with the light of day. So there is some notes of that in this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. What's funny is that maybe this is just a nitpicky thing that I do, but I find it to be harder for me to connect with a song if I don't know exactly what the phrase is saying, like if it's more mm-hmm. poetic language and I know poetic mm-hmm. language is good. I like it. I just think sometimes it's good to like, say what you mean with a song, you know? Yeah. Mm. So I like it anyway. Yeah. Filled so, with the Holy spirit comes yeah. from, uh, the Pentecost story in acts two yeah. says that they were all filled with the Holy spirit. And they yeah. started going, hello, 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 hello. Ciao. Guten Tag. <clears throat> Check one. I can. Can you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Hello. So, Bob, Hello. What, what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, t- today, the, today's topic, um, as our listeners are well aware with, uh, with the title of this podcast episode, um, is that it's, it's talking about what does forgiveness really look like? And the reason why I decided to kind of explore this particular one is that, you know, on the surface, you know, most of us probably think we... We understand forgiveness quite well, but if you if you spend any amount of time in a decent church, then um, the term has probably come up. And if it has come up, it's 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 probably come up a lot, and, and rightfully so. I mean, forgiveness is really really important to our faith. It's it's a core aspect of our faith. Um, but what do we truly understand? Um, I'm sorry, but but do we truly understand what it means? Do we truly practice it? So. Mm. Here's the thing, Bob. Mm-hmm. I would say yes, but I heard you stutter just then, and that made me really upset. So upset, <laughs> so upset that I am not going to have. I cannot forgive you for it. You're messing up Colin's podcast, Bob. You know what, what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave it in. I'm not going to edit it out. And it's just going to be on you because I okay. cannot forgive that transgression. Transgress uh, against us. Ooh, now you got a strike, buddy. Why? Watch it. Because you mispronounce transgression and mispronunciation, I can't, I cannot forgive. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, Hold on Mr. here. Did you just call me buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Can we play this game the whole episode? I'm sorry. Sorry, we were just springboarding. I, I'll just say yeah. real quick before you get too heavy into the topic. Yeah. Um, we, we came out of a, of a series, mm-hmm. and this, I feel like, is part of it, but it's really... Its own separate idea. Yes, it didn't fit into the if this, this without that th- this without that kind of mold that we were that we're going through with this series. But it, you're right; it definitely de- it definitely follows up with with repentance mm-hmm. and, and and you know the previous episodes that we worked with. So there's no doubt that there's definitely a connection there. Bob, you're the master of the like tack on episode because you're the <laughs> technology <laughs> one. Yeah, do the technology. Can't seem to have the, can't seem to fit in the mold, but I got the ideas. All right, so. I'm sorry. Continue, Bob. We don't we don't really truly practice it. I mm-hmm. would say that for most of us, um, 
surface level forgiveness is easy. Mm-hmm. Like true forgiveness is hard. Mm-hmm. Well, Colin, what, what would you say is forgiveness? How how would you define it? Well, there's a lot of songs I could quote, uh, even if <laughs> you know forgiveness. Um. So I would say, oh man, um, forgiveness. Uh, gosh, how, how, how do you describe it with other words besides the word forgive? Um, yeah. now we're like, now we're playing taboo. I, I just don't know. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like let it go, but then it's like, that's not really it. Yeah. Um, letting something go is like just saying like, whatever, and yeah. just like forgetting about it. Um, so forgiving and forgetting are two different things. So you can't say it's when mm. you like decide to just, you know, let it go and forget about it. But I would say, here's, here's what I would say. I would say that you, for me, okay. For me, forgiveness would be seeing that person, not as the bad person I'm Mm. currently seeing them as Mm -hmm. and going back to seeing them as I think God intends me to see them as a beautifully made person who occasionally makes mistakes. Yeah. Is that is that fairly close? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that? Yeah, what, I think what are your it, thoughts? It has to do with your heart, and I think that it's easy to just say, "Okay, I forgive you, fine," mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. still harbor something. It could be like resentment, or it sure. could be like you're hurt from it. Still, um, maybe you know, like. I, you know, I can think of times where, like, I haven't, like, voiced, like, my real opinion and just decided I'll just be the bigger man and let it go, you know. But just doing that sometimes is not the fullness of forgiving and actually, like, moving past something. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for, for me, I've, I, I've often um, viewed forgiveness. Um, the easiest way I think I've been able to think of it is is the opposite of holding a grudge. And so this the sense, you know, with, I mean, as you as you point out that harboring, you know, that where you're not going to harbor mm-hmm. this, this idea of this being opposite of upholding the op, this idea that I'm not going to let this um, define who this individual is. Hmm. Does this remind you of a popular uh, Christian music singers, uh, popular song from 2012? <laughs> no, but go ahead. What, what, what would you have in which, mind? Which popular Christian Some singer? Some people might like <laughs> Matthew West's Forgiveness. <laughs> and I know you are a fan. So yeah. I'm trying to extend an olive branch and say, because <laughs> he goes, Forgiveness. <laughs> All right. Who so, does, uh, I'm forgiven. That's more about like you being forgiven. Mm. That's kind of, um, maybe that's a good point too. A lot of uh, our Christian talk about forgiveness has more to do with God's forgiveness, I think. We don't talk as much about like our forgiving others. See, I asked Bob about that before yeah. the podcast too. I said, you know, let me let me ask you, are you going to touch on both or is this a look yeah. at one? I think, Bob, you were saying you were leaning hard towards us really reflecting on what it means for us to forgive, which... Mm-hmm. The scripture talks about both. It does. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but it, we, I think yeah. of the two, we probably look less at the forgiveness of each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, God does forgive us. And so, I mean, it's, which is his method of mending the his the relationship with humanity. Through Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Through Jesus. Um, through, through the sacrifices um, in, the, in the Old Testament, it was through the sacrifices of the people that were given. Um, uh, and then in the New Testament, through the sacrifice of Christ Himself, of of God in the flesh, 
Um, but um, he never he never did anything wrong. We wronged him, and yet, and so so as a result, we were forgiven, and we mm. were forgiven through the act of repentance, like we've talked about previously, um, through Christ, you know, and and through through our repentance, um, that by which forgiveness is then given to us. Um, but you're right. We don't. We rarely actually talked about uh, forgiveness with each other. So the question that that I first started with was, well, why do we forgive at all? I mean, I mean, what what is? I mean, what is? I mean, wh- why even deal with it? Why even go through it? And the first thing that came to my mind was this idea that I found was this idea of mending relationships, and we see this in Matthew chapter five. Um, and, and so with uh, I got it. Okay, yeah, sure. Verse yeah. 23 and 24? Yes, yes. And so this is Jesus, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and where, he, where he's talking about uh, forgiveness. Ah. Okay, I got it. Um, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Yeah. So this idea here that that, for, that forgiving one another is an act that we should be doing to mend, mending these relationships yeah. before we even come before God. Before we even offer our sacrifices, before we come into worship, to have these relationships mended together prior to it. So... It, it's, I found that to be quite intriguing, quite startling in some regards. I think that's really important to remember that it's part of coming to worship. Like, what if we really thought that out? What if we lived that out even? Like, the fact that you need to be reconciled to your brother in Christ before mm-hmm. you come and worship. Like, how many of us just go to worship because it's the event mm-hmm. that we're supposed to go to, but really we have unresolved things Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and I find that whenever I have done that, I was, my mind was never truly, my, my heart and my mind, my soul was never actually truly in the worship service at all. It, it really held me back. I understand yeah. why Christ wants us to do this. It's, I mean, because it, it really keeps us from God when we have these unresolved issues among one another. Yeah. So um, as far as like mending relationships goes. Yeah. Um, a, a scripture comes to mind, um, <clears throat> but I don't want to say like the scripture and then have you have it at the bottom. Uh, but I'll just say uh, I'll just say the idea of the the prodigal son returning. Yeah, oh, good. He, yeah, he immediately, you know, kind of like lowers himself and is like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And yeah. the dad's yeah. just like, "No, prepare a celebration. My son's returning." Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, so yeah. it's it's is he he'd already forgiven him. He just wanted his son to come home, right? Absolutely. And so uh, I, I like that idea as far as um, in a in a small box like way because we can't understand God's infinite mercy, mm-hmm. but uh, it is sort of a. Um, image of what God is like with us uh, through Christ, um, wiping the slate clean. Absolutely, uh, just really happy to to see someone come to Him, you know, in the same way. Uh, I feel like it's you know kind of like a parallel image 
of us with God. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, 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 you're good. No, actually, that, that works really well with the next one. And that is, and Colin, you kind of touched on this earlier when I was kind of putting you on the spot there regarding the definition, the okay. sense of, of letting of letting go of what's been, of, of, of what's happened to us. Yeah. Um, and although that's definitely not a complete picture, it is definitely part of why we forgive. Sure. Um, and the reason why is because this is this is really important when we've been seriously wronged by someone, and I'm talking like the big ones where things result in like death or affairs or significant harm to you or someone you care about deeply about. You know mm-hmm. these things the, the, these create that grudge offense that we're ta- that uh, that uh, I was mentioning earlier. And the thing is that that as long as we hold on to these situations, as long as we hold a grudge against someone yeah. as a result of these wrongdoings. We're, we become slaves to these situations emotionally, mentally, and we relive them over and over again in our minds. We experience the pain of these situations repeatedly on loop. Um, and so this is this is psychologically for sure. Uh, I mean, this is uh, psychology for sure, um, but it's still su- um, support, supported in Scripture in many, many ways. And one of the big ones is in Matthew, what I found Matthew 18. Hey, I can I can do that one. Sure, I got the first one. I like where you're, what you said about uh, becoming a slave to it because I've been thinking a lot about you know, what it really means to be free in mm-hmm. Christ. You know, that's Paul talks about that a lot. Like I'm free in Christ, um, so I'm no longer a slave to sin. There's other things that enslave you too, like your resentment and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah. But it's in, you know, Scripture says that you can't serve two masters, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that forgiveness is something that's really important, especially like the letting go part of it, because it allows us not to serve that other master. Absolutely. And we need to live as though what we fear is God, not like, you know, whatever problems we have in our relationships with other people. Um, And so that I think is that's the only way that we actually can get free. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that Christ relationship. But it's hard. It is not an easy thing. So this is Matthew 18, starting in verse uh, 15, about the uh, mm-hmm. brother who sins against you. Yeah, 15 through 20. So it says here, um, starting in verse 15, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, except in Jesus's case, because he hung out with tax collectors. Truly, I say to you, whatever <laughs> we'll you bind. No, I don't. <laughs> whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. I think in the other uh, Bible version I have, it says, there I am also. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, just as a quick side note, um, that last verse right there, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also, there I am among them, is often quoted without this actual context Mm -hmm. in place. And so it was. It's important to recognize that this passage was not necessarily about just any old decisions. This is about church mm-hmm. discipline. This is about you know when someone's been wronged. 
I think it also denotes too. Yeah, like you said, they always split them up. It's either that you know you kick them out of the church if you if you can't come to an agreement, and then there's this part uh, after that, that mm-hmm. and they are a lot of times split up. But if you use them in the same context, yeah, I think it denotes a different picture of uh, coming to agreements together as brothers mm-hmm. and, and, and sisters yeah. in Christ. It, it also holds you accountable. Like, okay, I, I've, I've been wronged by this person. I'm going up against them. Yeah. Is it, am I really in the wrong here? Or, right. or am I making much to do about nothing? And so having multiple people come up, be more and more involved in the situation, you know, it, it's important in that regard just, just to keep yourself in check. There's a level of accountability there. Um, I actually had a quote I was going to tell you, Bob, which yeah. I, I think uh, with in a little tiny story that goes along with it, I think Zach had mentioned earlier about being set free mm-hmm. through forgiveness. So um, I don't want to bring up, you know, depressing stuff, but in the Columbine shooting, mm. one of the victims was a girl and her brother um, oh, yeah. was in a documentary talking yeah. about what had happened, the effects and all of that. and. Through that experience, he had come to know Christ. Mm-hmm. His pastor had worked with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the interviews after, you know, a few years after, he had talked about what his pastor had taught him. Uh, and it was a quote. And I'm not really sure. Um, I think it's Lewis Meads, uh, but I don't actually know who that is. But I'll just say the quote is. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner Mm. was you. Mm. And he says that in the context of the Columbine shooting because he could never forgive them for killing his sister. But so he was a slave to and was reliving this. His anger. Yeah. Yeah. And so when Zach talked about, you know, being set free, I think there is there is a big part of forgiveness is how much it helps you yourself to forgive someone, too. Like, Absolutely. Like, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I've tried to, I've tried to in my life make a point of, um, never, uh, putting, you know, depression, negative energy towards stuff that doesn't really deserve it. You know, like try, mm-hmm. try, try not to waste energy on things like that. But this is a whole nother level yeah. of saying, you know, this egregious thing that basically changed my life. If you can just be free of that yeah. anger and forgive that person, then you'll actually be freeing yourself. It really Absolutely. is a lot for the person forgiving. Yeah. I've talked to people before who've done like the 12 step kind of program, like AA. And mm-hmm. one of the steps there is to like approach people that you're harboring something against and like seek to reconcile, seek to forgive sure. others. I didn't realize that was things. part of their program. Yeah. So, well, yes, that's, it is. It's, it's a important, step, right? It's I an think. important part where you yeah. go, where you go and you, not only do you, do you tell them what they have, might have done, but you kind of like have to forgive them. But some people use it as like a weird, like petty thing of like, Oh, I forgive you for making me the way I am, you know, but yeah. what it really oh, yeah. is supposed to be is you, yeah. Yeah. Truly forgiving. Yeah. Relinquishing. So you that. move past it. Yeah. It's healing when, when that happens. Yeah, and yeah, and unfortunately, um, forgiveness can be almost like weaponized, like a passive aggressive kind of right. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, one important point I want to make here about this passage in Matthew that Jesus is giving when he's talking about how we correct in the church um, is, is uh, two things. Number number uh, The first one is the fact that he mentions that there at the end is, is that if you can't create an agreement, treat them like a tax collector or, 
you know, or or the basically treat them mm-hmm. as the enemy, treat them as outcasts, the those who 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 have who are so full of sin and don't belong in the church. It was kind of his point. Um, I I think I've worded that poorly. The point is that the, those treat them as those who don't believe and and, mm. and 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 harm people for a living. Treat them as as if those he is no longer your brother. He is an outsider to the, the community. The heathens. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Treat. So, which is a neat way, which is, I shouldn't say neat, it's a very interesting way for church discipline to be viewed as, but it's it's that final stage of just letting go, like, if we cannot reconcile this, then just cut them off from your life. Not that they aren't, not that reconciliation can't come, not that they aren't welcome in the church, but they are no longer considered your brother. Yeah, and to, like, to Colin's point earlier, like, Jesus still reached out to absolutely the tax collector. Jesus is the one given this teaching and yet he still yeah. reached out to them. And absolutely. So it's kind of like, you're not necessarily like, um, castigating them from all of everything. Exile. They're not exiled. They're still there, you know, but, but, but you're, the, and you're not going away, but at the same time, they're not, um, your relationship with them is not the same as a brother in Christ. Absolutely. So, yeah. so the, so we talked about, um, of maybe an episode or two ago, depending on when we release them, uh, being a disciple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what's interesting is that in this verse, in verse 15, it says, if your brother sins against you, mm-hmm. um, and then it ta- says, treat them like a Gentile or a tax collector. The thing that we may take out of context, if you're just a surface level person reading this or if you just are non-Christian or whatever, you may assume that that just means if they do something mean to you. But what I think, I think the scripture specifically is saying, if your brother does an actual like sin Sin against you and it's like, so it's uh, both an affront to yourself and to God. Mm -hmm. And in my little notes here from David Jeremiah, it says a Gentile and a tax collector represent those who rebel against God. Yes. What makes me think of that is if you have chosen to step out of the church and become mm-hmm. a tax collector again. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or become a Gentile again. So I think what they're saying is if you're already established in the church and then you do something sinful. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely geared towards brothers and because, sisters in Christ. Because then it immediately afterwards says you have to bring them to the church. This isn't for some like random person. Yeah. Who's oh, absolutely. That, so, that's that's a great point. That's so, a great point. So I think that that's why the word Gentile and tax collector are used because those oh, are yeah. things that are lives before you become a disciple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. The, the the second point that I did want to bring up here at the towards the very end is is the fact that um that he talks about this idea of the binding and loosing, mm-hmm. and he says what we bound bind and loose on earth will be bound and loose in heaven. This idea that these relationships, these transcend our world. This is this is spiritual stuff that we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. These relationships are spiritual in nature, not just physical. And and I I don't know. There's something about that that's really kind of struck me. Well, all you got to say is I bind this thing and it'll go away. And you got to say I lose this thing and then you'll get money, right? I lose money in my house. I lose money. I bind on debt. all y'all. Make it rain. <laughs> I bind debt and I lose money and it'll yeah. just happen. Yeah. Uh, somebody, uh, one one person once told that to me and I mm-hmm. said, I'm, uh, what did I do? Uh, the, in Yuga Montoya, I said, I don't think I mean what you think I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, did he ask for seed money? No. <laughs> you know, I can give you this pamphlet. No, so um, so I, I do think in the context of reading that entire scripture and you could go on to the, uh, mm. 
parable of the unforgiving servant, if you mm-hmm. wanted to, you could take the whole chapter into consideration. But I do think um, at least reading all of, you know, 15 through 20 there really does put it in better perspective. Oh, yeah. And, and so continuing this discussion here, um, I mean, why do we forgive? We forgive to mend our relationships. We forgive to kind of let go and to stop being a slave to these issues that we that we've experienced these these transgressions that's been held against us that's been mm-hmm. done to us, but we we also forgive to be like Christ, um, and this one I think is is maybe surface level obvious but underperformed in our faith in many mm-hmm. ways, and so the first one is uh, here in Ephesians four thirty two. And in, in, in that, um, actually, I'm going to go back to 431 real quick. It says, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So here, here's a direct command from Paul basically telling us that, you know, we need to forgive one another as God has forgiven you. And again, you know, it's the book of Ephesians, so he's talking to the church mm-hmm. at Ephesus. So it's a absolutely it's a community thing too, because he's talking to the group when he's saying that. I have a question about that scripture. Sure. What's God got against wranglers? I mean, there's like you know, uh, alligator wranglers and horse wranglers that are probably Christians out there. <laughs> <laughs> so stop your wrangling. I'm like, wait a minute. Just That's stop, my job. Stop wrangling. <laughs> you tell me to quit my job? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I, I do think that it's um, unbecoming to, for someone to hold a grudge, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially in the eyes of the Lord. <clears throat> yep. And the second one here, um, regarding the same topic here, is in Matthew chapter 5. I got Matthew 5. I'm still there from before. Sure. Go ahead. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Yeah, this is a good one for anybody who's like, eh, God doesn't, he just accepts us, you know, as we are, nothing's required of you. You know, bam, be perfect. <laughs> as Yes, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Good luck with that. <laughs> and, 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 how does, and what is one aspect of that perfection that, 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 he, that he shows us, and that is forgiveness. Yeah. And so if we are to be perfect as our Father in heaven is per- perfect, then forgiveness is going to be part mm-hmm. of that trait. And, you know, going on about, you know, loving those who don't love you like what reward does it get you if you just love the people who are your close friends you know you are not even tax collectors doing that yeah they greet people who are you know for them who are okay with what they're doing um but being perfect you know must involve going above and beyond loving those who are actually unlovable mm-hmm. you know let's that's just a tough thing that's what that's what jesus does absolutely let's just all agree that Jesus is a complicated relationship with the tax collector profession. Okay. <laughs> he loves them. He hates them. He's not really sure. No, 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 just, no. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah. I mean, no. no, but you, you actually bring up a really good point, Colin, because, because you do see this time. This is the second time mm-hmm. that we brought up scripture where Jesus yeah. talks about 
treating people, you know, as a tax collector, as a yeah. derogatory term, and yet he hangs out with them. He hangs out with the sinners. Well, we, he, we, he we, says we got the story even of Zacchaeus. Tax collectors can do at least this much. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's kind of it's interesting too because he uses that same line of logic for demons. He says. Even the, Even demons, the demons believe, know. and they shudder. Yeah, they know who I am, yeah. and they shudder. Yeah, so it's, it's it's. I think what I think what he's saying is he's giving he's he's as, for everybody who is wondering where the like common ground of all of that is. I think he is setting a baseline of saying, as a follow as as a believer in God, and then later as a follower of myself, um, you should be ascended beyond. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. level of goodness to absolutely to a certain thing that God yes. calls us to be. He he's telling the people, look, I'm I'm I, we all know the tax collectors steal from us. We know that they are doing evil on a daily basis to our own people, you know, to the Jewish people. That's why tax collectors were looked down upon so heavily. It was because they were stealing. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't just taxing. They, they they were taking above and beyond because anything above and beyond, well, that was your salary. You give to Rome whatever Rome asked for. And, uh, and then uh, just gather that up for us. And then whatever else you gather up, well, that's yours. Well, they gathered up a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and so, so they knew that there was evil going on. So Jesus uses this as he's teaching to the people because they understood that. He, they they yeah. recognized that. But that doesn't mean that they were given up. You know, Jesus didn't give it up or give up on them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okie doke. So we also got to this idea that uh, that we that we forgive to be like Christ, and lastly, we forgive to be forgiven. I got Mark eleven. I already know what you're going to ask. Sure, Mark eleven verse twenty five. Go for it. I, I knew about this already. I, oh, did you? I didn't have to look in my notes. You're like a <laughs> Bible scholar. Yeah. Were you about to say Mark eleven twenty five? Because I already knew that. I didn't need to look at my phone. Yes, Colin. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was going about to say that. So I'll start. I'll start um, in, in verse twenty-four, just just to just <laughs> sure, because it starts in the middle of the sentence. I'll start uh, so uh, starting in verse twenty-four of chapter eleven of Mark. It says, "Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours." And then going on to say, "And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you." your trespasses and that's interesting because of yes. the uh the the lord's prayer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually that's a neat connection that i had not initially made because he's he's not only made that point here but he says how we should pray is you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name yes the kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, trespasses as we, we forgive those who trespass against mm-hmm. us and mark 11 says we forgive those people so that the our father in heaven will forgive mm. us. Whenever there's a so that, you should pay attention. I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah I agree. There's I agree. a lot of scriptures that get quoted and people leave out. They, so go, they just go up to the so that and then cut it off. Your father may be glorified in heaven. So that your father may be glorified <laughs> in heaven. That's right. Colin, you're forgetting so that. <laughs> Don't. Context is very important. Yeah. And, and forgiveness in terms of uh, what the Lord calls for us is, is, is interesting too because... It's it's right there in the Lord's prayer. So for mm-hmm. for Jesus to say this is the best way to pray, this is my condensed version. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to pray, and for that to be in there denotes to me that it's uh, very important to forgive. <laughs> it's if it's if it's in the Lord's prayer, you better you better know yeah. it's important. <laughs> and so I think it's cool that uh, Mark sort of reiterates that uh, yeah. in that in that passage. Yeah, the second one I've got here is from Matthew chapter six. I'm just a page away. <laughs> All right, Matthew 6, verse 14. 
For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Which is, once again, kind of wild to think about. When we talk about salvation, we talk about repentance, when we talk about being forgiven by God, this never really comes up in those conversations. It's kind of one of those uh, challenges, like we were talking about with uh, the cost of being a disciple, the Mm -hmm. sacrifice that you have to make. Yeah. Again, church continues to just kind of make it like this. Come forward and say you accept Jesus and you're good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, I've got my get-out-of-hell ticket. I'm good to go. Yeah, except for all the things that Jesus taught that you're (laughs) supposed to do. (laughs) Yes, and so, yeah, so this idea of forgiving others so we'll be forgiven. And and more explicitly here in Matthew, if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. And and that is, yeah, it just, I I don't know, I I found that to be quite wild and different from in most other mm-hmm. teachings I've ever come across in, in, in any other Bible studies. We, this is this is one of those areas that just completely gets glossed over or and or completely ignored by the church. And I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe because it flies in the face of this idea that of of, you know, this is a free gift. You know, it costs us nothing except it costs us everything. Mm. You know, and so it, I don't know. It's that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year, Clark. <laughs> sure is pretty Clark oh thanks Rusty <clears throat> what Rusty so but the, the next thing I want to talk about here is, is regarding forgiveness is this idea of consequences because this because forgiveness and consequences I think has this really weird relationship specifically in our culture mm. yeah I kind of think of forgiveness it's tempting to make it like this transactional thing where like, okay, uh, I say I forgive you, so don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And that clears the check and your balance is back at zero. I think that's kind of how we think of it, isn't mm-hmm. it? It does. It does. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, okay, well, if do you forgive me? Well, yes, I do. Okay, well, great. Now I don't have to now owe you're not, you that. Yeah, you're not mad at me anymore, so we're good, right? We're good. I feel like this is a typical husband mistake. Like, okay, <laughs> you forgive me, right? Okay, cool. We're good. I'll just forget about this now. Yes. So everything's good, right? Everything's good, yeah. right? Yeah, it's fine, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> sure, go. Sure. Go do your podcast. If you want. <laughs> sure, Zach, go to your podcast. <laughs> I'll be here. <sighs> Guys, you'll never guess. My wife, totally fine. Not mad at all. <laughs> I was on the fence for a bit, but then she said, yeah, go fine. She said, it's okay. fine, so I uh, just take her at her word, and we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of a really good movie that is right in the spirit of this and yeah. is a, sort of around this time. It's not exactly mm. around this time, but okay, um, trains, planes, and automobiles. Yes. <laughs> Think about the image of this. Oh, the, guy, the guy has his own hangups, right? But Del Grivel is like... Del Griffith. Gr- is his name Griffith? Yeah. I, 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 oh, I, I'm thinking of... Uh, Dale Gribble. Yeah, I'm thinking of Dale Gribble. <laughs> Del Griffith is so infuriating to him, and he does all this stuff that makes him mad. Yeah. And it's not necessarily his I've fault. I've been with Del yeah. Griffith. I, I can, can stand anything. anything. Right. <laughs> so, and he does all this stuff. He gets mad. He says he stole his money, all of that. And in the end, he realizes that he needs to do the right thing and invite him over for like to be with his family. It dawns on him that 
Del Griffith doesn't have a family. Yeah. Has nobody to spend Thanksgiving with. My wife likes me. It's My one of the likes me. Yeah, it's one of the truly good uh classic Thanksgiving films. But it's also it's also <laughs> right there in the heart of forgiveness, right? Absolutely. Because the entire film he feels like this guy has made his thing miserable, which isn't really yeah. true. See, that's, that's it's partially true. But well, not, but not not entirely. You're right. Not entirely. What I'm saying is that nothing that he does is really directed at him. Right. It right. is just it is certain things go awry and he being the guy that he is, things tend to happen regardless of his uh best intentions, I guess. Right. Say. Right. But what's funny is that like the reason I came up with my definition of forgiveness when you first asked at the beginning of the episode was to me like Columbine, like a lot of serious forgiveness, things that you couldn't get over, you would have to re-evaluate how you see the person again. Mm-hmm. To me, yes. that would be the only you're way. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. So if you get to a stage with somebody where you're just like, I, I just hate this person. There's no way I could like ever get past some of the dumb stuff they've done. I just don't like them anymore or whatever. You have to, the only way you can forgive them at that point is to step back and reevaluate them the way you feel about them. You have to mm-hmm. say like, this is a person Mm. there's a person that's been through stuff I've been through stuff yes maybe they're annoying but they're also still like a person who's trying their best and so I think Trains, Planes, and Automobiles is a good example of that it's a very good example of that you're not wrong you're not wrong you know because anyway yeah sorry I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm adding pop culture references like I do <laughs> I'm trying to think <laughs> yeah. of the name of this book but there was this conflict management book we read in one of my classes is it about the turtle the bear the shark? no no this is a different thing um and it has all to do, it was written by, there's like this company that uh, takes people and helps them work through conflict management with each other. This is like when families are like at each other's throats, like about mm-hmm. to kill each other, you know. And um, in the book, there's like these fictional characters. One is a Palestinian and the other is an Israeli. The Anatomy of Peace. Anatomy of Peace. That's it. Yes. It was on the tip of my yes. tongue. Yes, I've, I've read this one recently. But the entire thing that they try to get you to do first is to acknowledge that people are people and not objects. That's right. So the first step to healing a conflict is to see that other person as a person and not just like something that you can get something out of. Yeah, That's a lesson we could all learn right now. Mm, interesting. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we need to start seeing each other as yeah. as people as well. Just yeah. because you yeah. you grow up having a different uh maybe outlook on the world doesn't mean that we aren't in the same mm-hmm. world suffering together, striving together. Um so okay, so Bob. Yes. I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever had a unforgivable like act against you that's been hard on you? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, no, I'll, I'll even share this. Um, so, um, as a, as a kid, as a, as a teenager, I was, especially the younger teenagers, I was, um, very energetic. I was hard to control. I didn't listen well. And, uh, I was a difficult student. Um, so not that I like did put terrible in classes, but I was just very hard to control, listen to, to, absorb commands or orders you had to communicate with me in a very special unique way in order for me to truly get what you were trying to tell me to do i understand and this really came to a head when i was in band and specifically a marching band and so uh, our band instructor at the time um had uh um he was he was a very hard man um, and so he, um, he, he, most band directors tend to be a little tougher. Yes. Mm. Well, there was tough and then there was segmenting 
people out. And, and so, and I felt like I got segmented out quite a bit. And so part of it was, I didn't want to believe it, the sense of, well, you know, it's not necessarily about me. Maybe it's just my perspective, but, um, but I mean, he was just a very angry towards me at every Mm. opportunity he could take. Um, Keith. So, so, Keith. Yeah. Oh, Bobby. Bobby. Yes. (laughs) And so, um, and and so, um, in the end, um, after we after we came back from China, um, I found uh, it turns out that he had moved down the street from my mother, hmm. and I had come over to visit. We just got back from China, trying to sort our lives out and whatnot, and so traveling back and forth between her parents and my parents quite a bit. And and so he happened to uh, to see me, and he pulled me aside. He actually called me down, and I just kind of uh, sighed real quick, and then you know it's like oh crap, mm-hmm. I got to deal with him. You know, even as an adult, he's still tracking me down kind of stuff, you know, and uh, and he, he came up to me and he actually asked me to forgive him. Um, and uh, he said he said that, you wow. know, that he's that he's really been trying to turn his own life around. Um, he's had his, uh, a kind of a my name is Earl kind of moment and hmm. going around trying to ask for forgiveness for a lot of his transgressions of his past. And he recognizes that he was extra hard on me and are uh, arguably uh, emotionally abusive, hmm. um, and uh, and so asked me to forgive him, and you know, and you know, it it brought tears to my eyes quite a bit because I did respect, I wanted to respect him, but it was hard because, you know, it was because of what what uh, um, because he was, um, very very hard on me. Sure. Did he yell at you and say, "Take that spiky goatee and stick it in your mouthpiece"? Because that's only use that mouthpiece. Game. <laughs> you gotta be. You're off the. You're off the band. <laughs> Develop that embouchure. So we talked about. It's a beautiful ago. story. Thank you for sharing. I yeah. um I only asked because um I like to hear the perspective of the person presenting. Uh, yeah. If, you know wh- mm-hmm. what forgiveness looks like to them. You know. Because you asked what it looks like to us. So. And I think it's a good example of how, like, the consequences were still a part of the story. Absolutely. You know, like, that it does not eliminate or take back consequences from, from damage done mm-hmm. when when people do things to others. Yeah. Um, but forgiveness is a step in healing. What I always find interesting, and we talked about this um, one of the times that we talked about Revelation was there's a part that describes the new city of Jerusalem. It's in like Revelation 20 or 21. And it says that there are trees that have leaves for the healing of the nations. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like there's like these medicinal leaves in heaven. And that seems to me to imply that some of the damage done on earth from people just Mm -hmm. being sinful and transgressing against others, let's say, will still need to be mended even as we're like starting to enter heaven. Like, Oh yeah. You know, there's still those scars. Even Jesus, you know, is, you know, he's risen, but he has like the scars. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great example you know, the scars are still there. You know, the, 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 the the, the execution of an innocent man was still done. Mm -hmm. Even, even though forgiveness has been offered and for many received. And he was praying for their forgiveness as they were torturing him. Absolutely. Yeah. So another more um, commonplace example of this is like when you have a drunk driver incident, you know, where yeah. somebody is killed, 
you know, typically in the courtroom, you will find this individual to be very remorseful because, you know, he was inebriated. He wasn't even fully aware of his actions. He never yeah. intended to kill somebody. Right. And the family might forgive, you know, and might he might even ask forgiveness. The family might even say, yes, we forgive you. Yeah. But that's not going to bring the persons back. And that likely will also will not eliminate jail time for the individual. Penalty. Yeah. Yeah. There are still consequences oh, yeah. for the actions, even though forgiveness is there. Yeah, there's a lot of times where people are, you know, forgiveness and reconciliation happens within, like, the justice system between, like, you know, victim and, and the person who committed a crime. Yeah. But that rare, like, usually you still have to serve mm-hmm. and, you know, pay your debt to the, society, the, they yep. say. The jail time is still yeah. going to be there. Yeah. It that's, doesn't an limit- e- that's an effect of someone's action. But it's almost like forgiveness is operating on this more spiritual reality mm-hmm. i have a i hate to keep doing this because uh i i, I want to contribute actual scriptural stuff to <laughs> um i i recently watched signs that's another great mm. one to talk about mm-hmm. forgiveness um the entire film he actually loses his faith over yeah. an unforgiven sin against him from his, from M Night Shyamalan, it's he's the <laughs> he's the town veterinarian who runs his wife over, and yeah. then he relinquishes his belief in God after that. Yeah, and and he has this moment with M Night Shyamalan where he says like, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I I could have fallen asleep at any point on that road. There was nobody mm-hmm. on the road. It had to be exactly then mm-hmm. to kill your wife. And I'm truly sorry for what I've done to you and yours." And Mel Gibson has one of those like breakdown moments, but then later, even when that all goes down, uh, he's still like, "I'm not gonna waste one more minute of my life on prayer. Not one more minute, you know." And it's almost like he is—he can't forgive God. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, just like in my life, it's like sometimes we forget that God is working over over not minutes, not yeah. Uh, you know, not days, not yeah. weeks, but, yeah. uh, you know, years of time in your life, uh, bring you somewhere and you may not know, uh, the full scope of it. Um, and as, as, uh, as mainstream horror as science is, it's, it's deeply, uh, Christian, I think if you rewatch it. <laughs> yes. Although it has to yeah. do with aliens, there are still some aspects of it that is very spiritual in nature. It, it basically comes down to a guy losing his faith over loss mm-hmm. And unforgiven yeah. loss. And yeah. so it's him letting go, realizing that God's in control that allows him to come mm. back to the faith. Mm-hmm. And Joaquin Phoenix swinging away. Swing he says, away, swing away, Meryl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like signs. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a bigger I, fan of it than I like to admit because some yeah. people are like, that was trash. That's some people are like, trash all Shyamalan is garbage. Like, no, there's signs is good. Breakable. Yeah. yeah. Unbreakable. Six yeah, sense. Really good. yeah I mean, six sense is a good, good. Really good. Yeah, that was that anyway, was a really good one. Sorry, all I was trying to say is, yeah, caked in some of these movies I've mentioned yeah. are this idea that somebody has tra- you know transgressed against you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, what does God ask us to do? He says, you know, we we forgive them, but it's not a cut and dry. It's not just like you know some of the songs you hear where the joy comes in the morning it is a process mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you you almost have to trust god with your forgiveness just as much as you trust him with your life or your praying or anything else you kind of have to like relinquish some of your control over how you forgive and just like trust god to like 
take you through the process a little bit. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is some good material for forgiveness, learning, mm-hmm. uh, signs and transplants and automobiles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, one thing to remember is that time and time again in Scripture, we see this idea of reaping and sowing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Paul even mentions in Galatians, like, do not be deceived. God is God is not mocked, for you reap what you sow. This yeah. idea that that, that 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 there will be consequences for what you put forth. And so... Also, cast not ye pearls before swines, and strap them on your feet. There, there's like a barrier at which God says, like, all right, you've like kind of had your chance sort of thing. God, God can be justified... And saying, like, you've had your chance. Yeah. But he doesn't call us in the same way. God doesn't owe us any chances. That's exactly you know, right. But he gives that to us. <laughs> and he also asks that yeah. we give chances. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the, like, the thing is, some people will try and look at it like, oh, that's not fair. Like, but it's like, yeah, it is. He's, he's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't have infinite wisdom and yeah. goodness within us. Yeah. So he's calling us to, like, try and be as good mm-hmm. as we can be. Yeah. So this brings up the question about trust. Where does trust fit into forgiveness? Well, I don't trust anybody that I have not forgiven. So <laughs> I don't trust you, Bob, and I don't trust you, Zach. So you thought I forgot about it earlier, right? I have not forgotten. I have not forgiven. <laughs> and the way you clap back at me, not forgiving that either. <laughs> you try to throw it back in my face. <laughs> well, I tend to find that this trust trust is one of those is another one of those areas where I think forgiveness is often mm-hmm. misunderstood. Um, it often gets a negative attitude. Um, Let's pause. I think that's probably Jessica. I'm so sorry. Guys. It's okay. It's okay. I had a feeling it would happen. I didn't know how loud it would be, but that's it's all good, gonna, man. It's probably gonna hit. It's all good, man. Cool. Hey. Cool. Okay. So this this is one area where I think forgiveness is often misunderstood and most often gets a very negative attitude. Um, because be, put bluntly, forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. And it, I think on the surface, we all recognize that. But deep down, I think there's a there's this weird connection that most people can't seem to disassociate with. Now, when you're talking about trust, are you talking about trusting God or are you talking about trusting one another? Trusting one another. Yeah. Tr- mm-hmm. Trusting other people more specifically. Yeah. Because forgiveness is where we is us letting go of the pain caused and it, it allows us to begin to mm-hmm. heal. But trust is the result of rebuilding what is broken after the healing's underway. I can see that. Yeah, that's true. So and I think one of the big uh, one of the big things, uh, scenarios that kind of often comes to my mind is if an adult intentionally harmed your child, should you forgive them? And most of us say, well, yes, yes, we're supposed to. The scripture is pretty clear about that. So we'll have to find some way. But, yeah, we should try to forgive that individual who's harmed my child. And, and I said, would you, immediately after forgiving them, trust them to babysit your child alone? Uh, so we're getting into the mm. forgive, not forget thing. Yeah, yeah, that's another way of putting it. Forgiving yeah. versus uh, forgetting. Does it mean that, like, it would never happen again and we can just automatically... What, what you're saying is, yeah. like, so in my case, I have a brother who has been in and out of prison a little bit. Okay. Uh, we haven't spoken in a long time. Um, you know, I don't want to talk too much about that but i will just say like uh you know there's an argument there about like you know letting somebody kind of like come Mm -hmm. back in Mm -hmm. uh so i guess a a lot of people would say in those situations you have to be like cautious right sure sure so trust 
is like the ultimate like end goal of a relationship like that. That's a great yeah. way of putting it. But Trust yeah. is the ultimate end goal. Evidence of a rebuilt relationship. Yes. Like that's the end. Right. That's like the finish mm-hmm. line of sure. rebuilding a broken thing. Like so, I totally I get yeah. where you're coming from. I've experienced that, but I would say I don't know if that is necessary for forgiveness, but I think that is mm. part of the forgiveness relationship. I, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I would agree with you. I'm not necessarily sure that trust is necessary. There are many people who I'm not sure that I could ever truly trust because I, because of the fruits that I see. But yeah. maybe, maybe over time, with change, through God working in their lives, yeah. maybe I could trust them in mm-hmm. this area or that area or this area over here. Well, that's why I think for, for a lot of us, maybe we forget, I hope, hope we don't, but I think the third element here for like the rebuilding process would be like, praying for that person yeah like oh, absolutely allowing like god to work with with within their life and 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 on their side um the fact that you would even pray for good things for that person through god would would be a good stepping stone yeah absolutely but like what i mean is like uh, for example um you have not forgiven somebody you're angry whenever you're around them you you get those mm-hmm. weird like breathe, yeah. uh, heavy chest breathing mm-hmm. all of that so you are able to get to a good place where you forgive them. You say, I've forgiven you. No bad blood. Everything's good. I love you. And then you just go on your merry way. So you're there. But if that person is living a certain way, mm-hmm. if they are yeah. if they are dangerous, if they are. You almost like have your guard up still. So what yeah. I mean is like, I don't. So like, like yeah. you said. But the the reason it's important to talk about trust in this context is because it so often comes up yes. that somebody For- transgresses terribly mm-hmm. against you and you say, I've forgiven you. But then they're like, well, if you forgive them, why aren't you like hanging out with them and friends with them anymore? It's, it's like, like, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These things aren't the same, and that's kind of my my my, my point to bring up here yeah. is that it is these are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Trust and forgiveness are very are, are, are they might be related, but they are still very much different. Yeah, it doesn't mean you just go back mm-hmm. to the same relationship you had before. Like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm thinking of like a dating relationship mm. where something bad happens, and you know. Maybe you can forgive that person and move past it yourself, but that doesn't mean that you're, like, going to go back to being in a relationship together. Like, that Mm. part is over. But you can still heal by forgiving and letting go. You know, and that part is the part that's kind of for you, and it's between you and God, and it's a spiritual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so so the, to to gain that trust again, or to have trust to begin with, it's often built over time. Yeah, um, and you so, don't just get it just by saying like, "Okay, I forgive you, we good." <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I've got two final verses here before we wrap up here, and that's going to be Matthew seven and seventeen through twenty, and John fifteen and eight. Fifteen eight. I'll just uh, flip that page to Matthew seven. So one thing to point out here is that when trust is broken, it's natural. For you to want to see proof or fruit mm-hmm. before opening yourself up. And so Jesus talks about knowing who we should trust in uh-huh. this way. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
Thus by their fruit you will recognize them. Thus by their fruit you will recognize. You recognize what is good in this mm-hmm. case. I'm hoping to grow some bear fruit. <laughs> and, you know, so so uh, I just want to make this point, this distinction, um, because we talked about it earlier. The... the the tax collector argument. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you don't want to you don't want to say this person is forever like banished uh, to hell or anything necessarily because that's God's decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I don't. I think the scriptures are clear about people who don't bear good fruit. God makes the decision on that. It's not sure. Our, it's sure. not necessarily our job to pick out non-believers in the world, right? Uh, except except. If we are trying to bring them to the kingdom. Right. But but we are to recognize who we can and cannot trust in this way by their fruits. By their fruits, you will know them. Yes. And so, uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting yeah. confused my words. But what I'm basically saying is that if Jesus can both say a tax collector is not what you want to be, but also say, I'm going to hang out with these tax collectors because there's more to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of leaves this gray area of saying, like, you know, co- where, where, do, where are we left with that? And again, it, it just makes me think that we should go back to the idea of like saying, let's have God take over this. Let's have God work on this person. Sure. Pray for them. Um, you know, and so it's one of those it's one of those areas where things aren't like always super clear. But I think that God often makes the point that we will know them by their fruit mm-hmm. um, and, and God will know them before we know them. God knows the hearts of men. Uh, and so whether or not trust is something we can eventually get to. Um, we we will be able to recognize it's a process. Yeah. 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 And so in John 15, 8, he says, My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. So once again, this idea of bearing fruits. So you know the, the, the those who you can't trust by their bad fruits, and you also right. know mm-hmm. the disciples by their good fruits. And so uh, multiple times where Jesus talks about this, that, that, that this is how we should recognize who we can and cannot trust. Um, and most of the time it's, it's who can we trust in the sense of sharing God's word or recognizing, you know, and, and from a teaching perspective. But the point oh, still yeah. stands with the relationships as well when it comes to other aspects of our lives. What fruits do you have to bear to show that I can trust you with this situation or I can trust you with my child or you know, whatever the case may be. And so, but the important thing to recognize is that these things, this is not the same as forgiveness. Simply mm-hmm. because, because you forgive someone does not mean you have to inherently trust them immediately right off the bat with everything. Yeah. yeah. And again, you know, forgiveness, I think being a spiritual reality, who knows what God mm-hmm. can do, you know? Oh, yeah. We, who we trust is God. And so that doesn't mean that you have to trust somebody who's an addict or something and you know that they haven't really gotten past that yet mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you can still be on guard against those things absolutely do you Th- trust but, an addict with your bank but do account? you trust do you trust god to be at work in that person as you're praying for them absolutely. that's kind of where the trust goes see that's what i kept that. saying yeah I, I was saying that like it really is up to god um yeah we we are we are flawed people everybody in the whole world mm. world is flawed we know this so, sure of course so what what can we do with that? Is my flaw less impactful than mm-hmm. yours? No, definitely not. But like, there is I I think the only di- distinction we can make in terms of us and maybe somebody else would be: Are we actively seeking a life mm-hmm. uh, of following Christ? Right. Right. 
And so if we find that we can't trust a person who is living a life uh, opposite of that, that's where we get God involved mm-hmm. and we say, this is the next step. But Absolutely. whether or not they're a follower of, of uh, Jesus doesn't matter in terms of forgiveness because Jesus we are says, still called to forgive everyone. We're called to love our, our neighbor, love our brothers, uh, love our enemies. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what greater enemy is that than a person who you have not forgiven for a trans a trespass? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I would say if Jesus calls us to love our enemy, then we should at least try and forgive them, even if we can't yeah. fully trust them. That's where I'm Good at. Good deal. <laughs> no, I, I think that's I think that's a great final word. Bob, that was a good that was a good um, subject matter. You mean? I actually ended up uh, 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 yakking on a lot more because uh, I was like, wait a minute. I've had some experiences with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's my dark, terrible, <laughs> secret past. <laughs> so, um, yeah, great episode, guys. Um, uh, as just a just like a nail in the coffin on this episode, we are uh, in a new location for the time being. Uh, things are, are are going to be sort of in a holding pattern for a little while. Yeah, we'll see how things go. Um, yeah, I'm. In Corbin, so I've got a little bit of distance now between me and the Don't other guys. Don't dox yourself. But I think I can say yeah. Corbin, Ohio, and no, <laughs> so Corbin, China. Yeah, it's a good place to go. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but I was just saying we we will be getting right. episodes out as we can get them. Yeah. Probably every week for now, but we'll if try that has to change, you know, we'll let you know. Yeah, We're not planning on just like calling it quits just yet. No. no. So. We um so yeah Zach Zach lives far away now but um even if we can't physically meet uh, we were gonna try and do uh, c- connect online mm-hmm. um, we're gonna do it that way should be a lot of fun um, but yeah thanks for listening guys um, we will see you next time here at the uh, house plants trailer um, and in the meantime uh, God bless and love you and all that peace. <laughs> <laughs>